Welcome back to another week here on The Rep. I hope that you are able to enjoy the warmer temps and the good sunshine out there today. Well, let's jump into our topic. The last six weeks, I have sought to stir up within you somewhat of a spirit of personal, intentional evangelism by exposing some of the marvelous truths about the grace of God in the Bible that has been shown to us in Christ. I'm not through with that, nor will I ever be, I suppose, but I do want to swap oars for the next couple of weeks and begin to walk through some texts in the gospel that cover Jesus' disciple-making strategy. But let me stress this, and you'll see this as we get into these different sections in the gospels. I'm not suggesting that we forget evangelism for the next few weeks. If your discipleship does not include you intentionally seeking out others to speak about Christ to them, if your discipleship does not include evangelism, if it has no room for that, then it's not biblical discipleship. Because all you end up doing is recycling disciples instead of making disciples. Likewise, if your evangelism doesn't include discipleship, then it's not biblical evangelism. Because you end up with a whole bunch of converts who never progress in the faith. Jesus didn't do either of those extremes. He evangelized through making disciples. He trained his disciples to make other disciples by speaking about Christ and training them in the faith. He had a strategy. He had a method. And we are wise to seek and to understand it and follow it. Because you don't make disciples off the cuff however you feel like doing it. You do it intentionally and strategically and according to the Word of God. And so let's spend a few weeks seeking to explore Jesus' method of disciple-making. And what I think we will see is that the Lord blends both discipleship and evangelism together. For the Lord, they work in tandem, not as separate ministries. Jesus isn't about recycling disciples. He is about passionately training his disciples to be about making new disciples to carry on his mission after his, after his ascension back into heaven. When we look at the Gospel of Mark, one of the things we almost immediately notice is that Jesus begins his public ministry by proclaiming that is preaching. I'm looking at Mark 1.14, the gospel of God. We have no need to ponder what his message comprised of, for it was astoundingly simple, to the point, and very inviting. The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. I could preach an entire series on that one-sentence sermon from Jesus. But for the sake of a bite-sized podcast, I am confined to only say this. Jesus was seeking and intentionally speaking the good news of God to the lost world around him. Sometimes, I fear that we make ourselves immune to that. We forget that Jesus has clearly taught us to go and speak his name to those who know it not. To speak his name where it is not known. Listen, if you're thinking about who your next discipleship group is going to be made up of, and if your only strategy is to look for the good available names on the discipleship role within the church for your next group, I'm talking to you. 
This is what I mean by immune to Jesus' obvious evangelistic zeal that he wants his disciples to imitate. When you don't even consider that perhaps God wants you to win your lost, your lost co-worker or your lost neighbor to the Lord and then invite him or her to be part of your next group. Take note, church. If we intend to look like Jesus, we must be intentional in speaking about him to the lost world around us, plain and simple. To follow Jesus is to seek to tell others about it. Oh God, guard us from becoming immune to this. And I'll confess, I fell at this often. And I know this about myself. I know my susceptibility to become immune to the evangelistic zeal that the biblical mandate for discipleship has. I know that about myself. And so I pray constantly for God to give me an eye for the kingdom. Enlighten my eyes, oh God, to see kingdom work around me. When I go to the grocery store, Lord, is there someone here whom I need to speak about Christ to? Give me discernment. Give me a trained tongue. Give me an opportunity for obedience, Lord. I'm not perfect by any means. Not by any stretch of the imagination. I am so susceptible to become immune to this, which is why I'm so passionate about it. I'm not perfect. But I am seeking ways in which to speak about Jesus to some lost people whom God has crossed my paths with. And I'm not seeking to scold you. I am simply seeking to encourage you to acknowledge this immunity, this blind spot, and to do something about it. Oh, that God would guard us from becoming immune to the lost world around us. We look back at the book of Mark in juxtaposition to this opening sermon. We don't find or read that Jesus preaches, gets a whole bunch of converts, and then just goes on. We find Jesus preaching and then immediately selecting men to pour himself into, to train in his ways, to become his disciple. I often ponder if perhaps Jesus had saw Simon and Andrew curiously listening to this one-sentence sermon he had been giving. Who knows? The text is silent. But what I do know is that Jesus didn't go to the likely candidates for a religious dissertation. Jesus proclaimed the gospel of God, and then Jesus went to and invited people into his discipleship who were the least unlikely candidates, but who were willing to learn. You say, how do I know that they were hungry to learn, willing to learn? Well, they left everything at a simple invitation to come and be made fishers of men. That's what hungry people do. They are willing to drop everything in order to know Jesus more intimately and to learn his ways more deeply. Oh, that God would guard us from having a strategy for selecting disciples that only permits us to seek out the religious elite. Oh, that God would guard us from letting discipleship groups become cliques. Oh, that God would put it in our hearts to seek out potential disciples, not on the basis of their social standing or popularity, but on the basis of having a hungry heart. So here's a drop of wisdom. If you ask a person to be in your group, 
and they begin to ramble on about how busy they are, save yourself the trouble and move on to the next name on the list. Hungry people don't give excuses. Hungry people give excitement to the prospect of growing in the ways of the Lord, growing in the knowledge of the Lord, growing in grace. Take note, church. Jesus didn't seek out the popular kids. Jesus went to the fishing docks and got the men that were hungry to know God. So there we have it. Without even turning a page in my Bible, I see immediately in Mark's gospel, Jesus intentionally and personally speaking the good news of God, evangelizing the world around him and calling those few who were hungry to learn, to follow him and to learn his ways. Evangelism and discipleship, they are not separate ministries. But Jesus' way that he invites us to follow in taking his gospel to the nations. So here are some closing questions to consider if you're still hanging in there with me. First, who is God leading you to speak about Christ to? Who's the lost person in your life that the Lord has put on your mind? Who does God want you to win to the kingdom? If you say no one, then go back to your prayer closet and don't come out until God releases you. Number two, who is God leading me to select to disciple in the ways of Jesus? Are you ready to begin your own discipleship group? Are you ready to replicate? If so, what are the categories that you're going to look for your potential disciples, for the people you're going to potentially disciple? What categories are you using? Or do you intend on just seeking to ask people that you like? Seek to invite those whom God leads you to. Seek to invite those who are hungry, not just your best friends. I hope you'll join me again next week. Have a great week. Blessings. Thank you.